Good morning. Welcome to Antioch West Virtual for December the 5th, 2021. Good to have you wherever you are joining us from today. So glad you can be here with us. Um, this holiday season that we're in, um, I'm glad that you're able to join with us today. For those of you that are new with us, it's great to have you. Uh, my name is Pastor Joel. We're so glad to have you today. And for those of you that come and see me every week, it's good to have you back. I'm sorry you're seeing me again this week. Hey, I'll at least try to give you something of interest to look at. Um, apparently, we've been playing, the last couple of weeks, we've been playing uh, Guess the um, Reflection in the Window uh, we're doing some work in our studio downstairs, and so I've been moving around my house, and so apparently there's been great anticipation trying to find out what's in the reflection behind me. So i just trying to throw you off today, keep you uh, sort of off kilter um, by changing it up today. But I'm so glad you're here um, today. I got some exciting things to share with you this morning about Antioch West and what we're going to be doing here in the next couple of weeks, uh, and then... Um, we will, uh, we're going to be moving into something I want to share with you today as the Lord leads. And in the, for a, a great portion of you, uh, you'll be moving into your small group uh, time of uh, engagement and ministry as the Lord leads us today as we grow in our discipleship journey. But let's take time right now before we do anything else. Let's take this moment right now. Let's stop. And let's acknowledge Jesus for a moment. All of us together, even though we're separated, we're in different places right now, we can all take a moment and we can acknowledge Jesus today and ask him to speak to our hearts, prepare our hearts. You know the story in the scripture. If you don't, you can go find it. It's in the Gospels that the, there was a parable that Jesus told about the seed falling on four different types of ground. There was hard ground, stony ground, thorny ground, and good ground. And I want my heart to be good ground today. I want my heart to be, to be good soil for the seed of God planted in me. Sometimes when you hear things, it, it can bring immediate fruit. Other times God gives us, puts things in us that are seeds. And we've got to take those things back and we've got to water them. We've got to create the right atmosphere for them to grow in. And, and um, so we need to prepare ourselves for that today. So let's do that. We can prepare ourselves, number one, by, by making sure our hearts are in uh, a place of forgiveness and repentance. So if there's things in our life today that we need to ask God to forgive us over, we can do that right now. You say, well, that sounds pretty easy. It is easy for us. It was very hard for him. He gave his life so that you and I can take a moment and say, God, all the things in my heart, Lord, if there's any sin in my heart today that I have not repented over, I'm asking you to forgive me today. That's You can do it that way. Or, or sometimes you can pray, Lord, the things that I did, forgive me, but Lord, if there were things I didn't do, because I think in the end, the things that are going to end up costing us our salvation aren't the things that we do, but actually it's going to be the things we haven't done. And a lot of times, even in relationships, uh, in marriage and other things like that, the things that really hurt a relationship aren't the things that are done, it's the things that are not done. And so uh, today we're going to ask the Lord, let's start with asking God to forgive us. If there's things we've done or things we haven't done, ask the Lord, forgive us everything. And forgive us, I say sometimes, I say it this way, don't have to say it in my words. These are my words. You don't have to use my words. But Lord, I say, forgive me from the known and the unknown. You say, well, you didn't know it was sin. Okay, but it's still wrong. And I want the Lord to forgive me for all the things. And if there's things in my life right now that, I, that I'm ignoring or maybe not acknowledging, to point those out. 
I don't want to carry anything in me that the Bible says sin separates us from God, right? I don't want there to be anything that separates me from God in his presence. So I want to ask the Lord to forgive me. Number one, you should do that every day. You should do that multiple times a day. Paul said he exercised his conscience to be void of offense towards God and men. I want to exercise my heart every day to stay under the blood and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And maybe you're a lot better person than I am. And so you don't really have a lot of mistakes in your life. I don't say that'd be funny. Some of you are really just really good people. But other people like me, we just seem to mess it up a lot. So I don't know about you, but one time a day doesn't cut it. I spent a lot of days feeling like I spent half the day repenting because I want to make sure there's nothing in my heart that keeps me from connecting to him. So we're going to do that. So the Bible says, lay down every weight and sin. So we're going to we're going to ask God to forgive us for our sins. We want to be cleansed today. We want to live under his blood. If you've never done that before, you can start today. You can ask God to begin today. Say, Lord, I've never asked you to forgive me of my sins, but Lord, today I want you to forgive me of all my sins. You don't have to name every sin. You don't have to go through and go through the list. Some of us, it would take way too long, but you can start there. But what about there's sin, but what about weights? These are things that we're carrying. These are these are things that we're carrying today. Maybe it's worrying about something that's happening in your life. Maybe it's a financial thing. Maybe it's a family thing. Maybe it's something going on with your child or your spouse or at work. These are things that are weighing on you. These are things that, that you're carrying. They're burdens you're carrying. Maybe it's for a friend or a neighbor. or Maybe it's just something that's heavy on your heart right now. You can lay those down. You can give those to God. You say, well, what if, he, what if he doesn't fix it? I don't give it to him so he can fix it. I give it to him because I don't want to carry it. Whether or not he fixes it today or not, ultimately, that's his decision. He knows the end from the beginning. My desire is to give him these weights. Lord, I give you this weight today. I give you this carry. Maybe it's something that is coming up this week that's weighing on you. Or maybe something that happened last week you just can't seem to get over or can't get past or it keeps coming back to you. Let's lay it all down. And when we do those two things, what it does is it prepares our heart. It opens us up to be able to receive from him. Because still an illustration, I don't know why I'm going through this today. Forgive me for a moment. It's a good teaching session for us a minute. Basic teaching. But if I'm holding on to this and you give me something so I have something else, and I'm trying to think of something else around here I can grab. Here you go. That's a good, good illustration. A pair of scissors and a phone. Now you can give me these scissors, and I can probably work my way into holding them. But if it was a bigger object you were giving me, and I'll just use this, sorry. You use what's available to you. That's what, how you operate nowadays. I just use what. But if I was holding this and you gave me this, I it would be difficult I could probably, if I break this, it's going to go bad. I can hold on to it, but it's not very sturdy. I, if I'm giving something to you and you're holding on to something, you've got to make a choice. You've got to be willing to put that down so that you can pick this up. Now today, some of you are carrying around weights and sin. What if God wants to give you something today? Can you receive that from him without first putting down the things that you're carrying. That's why what we're doing right here is not just an exercise of religious rhetoric. It's not just a ritual, but it's actually the first step we have to do in order to receive from God. We've got to let go of some things because we cannot pick up what he has for us if we're not willing to let go of what we're carrying. 
How do we do that? We do that by acknowledging him and giving to him and, and, and saying to him, Lord, I give you this. Lord, forgive me for these things. Or Lord, I give you this. I lay this down at your feet. You have to actually say that. Well, you know, I'm praying. God knows what I'm carrying. He can take care of it. No, God's not going to come and let me have it. Give it to me now. I'm Come on, give it to me. I don't want to let go. No, give it to me. I'm a, no, 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 no. That's what you, God's not going to do that. And, and sorry, I've been around a long time. I've seen people who are giving it to God, but they're giving it to God almost reluctantly. Kind of goes like this. Oh, God. Take this. Please take it. I don't, well, I don't know. Wait a minute. Take, take, no. That's not faith. That's begging. That's not faith. That's doubt. Faith says, Lord, I can't carry this, but I give it to you. But I did that already. I didn't feel anything. Well, you know what? Do it again. How many times do I do it? Do it until you feel as if it's really, because some things are so woven into our hearts and spirits and emotions, you can't get rid of it on the first try. you got to continue to ask God, Lord, I give this to you. Some of you right now are facing some medical things that uh, that you don't have the answer to, or maybe there's some th- things happening in your life you don't know. So guess what? You're going to give that to God now. I don't know why I'm saying this. It's the Holy Ghost. We're supposed to be praying, but the Lord's trying to talk to somebody for a moment here. You need to listen. You say, okay, God, I give this to you. Here it is. Here it is. I give it to you. And, and you literally take, you, you, you take it. He takes it. It's gone. It's not there anymore. But because it's so intertwined in our emotions, it's so heavy, it's such a heavy weight, it's very for easy for us to pick it back up. So what do you do? Well, it doesn't work. No, it works. But you literally may have to do this all day, every day. Oh, that's a lot of work. Well, it's no more work than you carrying it and letting it, Take over your mind and your emotions and your heart and just be full of fear and worry and doubt and whoo, just up in a but you constantly say, Lord, here it is, I give it to you. And then maybe five minutes later, Lord, here it is, I give it to you. Some of you, I won't go into the details of it, but years ago, my wife and I were in a situation and the Lord had spoken to us. He was going to do a specific thing. And um, um, it wasn't like it was going to be, it's not one of those things where you can sort of, um, um, well, God spoke it, but it, you know, he really meant this. It was one of those things where if it didn't, it was a black and white answer. Best way I can say it. God said it was going to be one way. And it was pretty much, if it, if it didn't happen that way, that's the way it was going to be. So, I mean, we were getting close to the time where, it's, where, where it was going to be revealed. And I'm telling you what, I was in an emotional wreck. Man, I was stressed and wrecked. And I was literally going, God, I give this to you. Lord, I give this to you. I give this to you. And five, sometimes five seconds later, it just, the emotion of it, the fear, the worry, the doubt, it all hit me again. And I'd say, Lord, I give it. And so in that period of time, I was actually traveling back and forth to Asia and doing uh, some ministry in Asia. And so I had a a flight um, from uh, New York to, uh, um, we went through Korea, Korea, a layover from Korea to Singapore, from Singapore to Malaysia. So it was about roughly about 40 hours of travel time between uh, getting to the airport, checked in, travel, planes, layovers, luggage. So about 40 hours from the time I left 
the U.S. and I finally got to my destination in uh, Malaysia. So I had 40 hours of travel time. And this was a very, it was, it was, we were, the, 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 the time of revealment was coming soon. And I remember on that trip, in about 40 hours of it, about 20, 28 hours of it, something like that was, was in the air, in flight. So it was a lot of sitting around on an airplane. And when I wasn't sleeping, I was being just bombarded with all of these thoughts of worry and doubt and fear. And I remember on this plane, I literally prayed almost the full 28 hours that I was not asleep. I was almost in a consistent state of, Lord, I give it to you. 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 You know, and we all do this. Some of us, well, maybe all of us, but a lot of us do it. I try to distract myself. I try to listen to music. I try to watch a movie on the plane. Something to get my mind off of it. It wasn't working. And so I just gave up and I just literally just said, Lord, I give it to you, give it to you. I was so inundated. It worked, but that's how heavy this weight was that I had to consistently live in a place of giving to him. That doesn't happen all the time. There's some things you give it to him and you're good and you move on. That's it. But not this. So today, for those of you that are carrying sin, you ask God forgive you. Forgive you for the things you've done, for the things you haven't done. Forgive you for the known and the unknown. These things need to be asked. You have to ask God forgive you. He doesn't just give forgiveness because it's needed. You give forgiveness because you ask, Lord, forgive me. I, you got to acknowledge the sin and he will forgive you. The Bible says, confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We have to do that, right? We've got to ask God to forgive us. But it has to be something that we ask. But that's not the only thing that gets in between us because a lot of us say, well, I don't have a lot. Of, I'm not, okay, I'm, I'm not, I don't have a lot of sin. I'm, I'm, I'm a relatively good person, you know, uh, Maybe I got a couple things. Oh, Lord, you know, forgive me for those things, but I don't really do it. I mean, I'm not a bad person. What's the big deal? But you know what? You got weight. You're carrying tons of weight today. You you don't just have one thing. You've got a whole host of things. You're, you're, you're inundated with all kinds of things you're trying to carry. And then God comes along on, on a day like today and he says, here, I want you to have something. And it's And you can see it. It's amazing. You want it. But you have too many things you're holding on to. You can't receive it. So it's pointless for us to get into the point and say, here's what God wants to speak to you today because I'm giving you something before you've turned loose of what you're holding on to. If you don't live like that every day, somebody said, well, God never talks to me. God never does anything. God's never sharing. No, he is, but you're too busy carrying something in your own hands. You can't receive what he's giving you. That's why this is not a Sunday morning thing you should do. Now we're doing a Sunday morning because you're here. But don't get the impression that I'm saying this is the only time you should do this. This is something you should do every day. Why? Because if you don't do this every day, you can never get into the point where you receive something from him every day. Every day. The Bible says, uh, the, the psalmist King David wrote, he said, your, your mercy is renewed day by day. Every day with God is an opportunity to receive something brand new for him. Now it's Sunday, right? We think Sunday because it's Sunday. It's got to be the special day. Well, first of all, you've heard me say this before. I hate to bust your bubble, but Sunday is not a holy day in the Bible. I know that hurts some of your feeling. Wait a minute. No, Sunday is man's traditional day for God, but Sunday was never God's day for God. If you really want to be technical, it should be from sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. Uh, if we want to get technical about it, that was the Sabbath. He said, keep it holy. 
uh, this is my day. Sunday is not his day. Now, does that mean we're wrong for doing what we're doing? No, we're working within the context of culture and the context of, you know, what, what schedules and things like that. So I'm not, it's a whole nother subject for a whole nother day. The point I'm making is God's not looking down and going, okay, wow, I've been waiting all week for this. It's Sunday. It's time for me to give out my blessings. And we're like, okay, God, it's Sunday. I'm lining up. No. No. The Sunday is a day we've taken time out to 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 engage with one another, connect with one another, be a part of small groups focus. I get that, okay? Nothing wrong. Not, we're not changing that. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm not saying we should switch to another day. Now, if the Lord tells us to switch to another day, we may do that. My point I'm making is, is that this is not something we only do on Sunday because God's only giving out stuff. It's Sunday. It's time for me to give my blessings. No, this is something we should do every week, every day. Because let's be frank. You may need something today and God goes, here you go. And you're like, ooh, but let's be frank. Tuesday or Wednesday's coming around the corner and you might be hit with this again. And you go, oh, it's Tuesday. I need something from you, God, but I got to wait four more days to Sunday. So God, give me the grace to hold on to Sunday because I know you're going to give me some Sunday because it's Tuesday. I know you're not able to do it right now. No, every day you should start your day. By giving God everything. Why? Well, number one, it's acknowledging if you're giving it to him. Oh, I had no intention of saying any of this. We we're supposed to be praying. The Lord is really trying to help somebody today. I'm, I'm trying. The Lord is helping somebody today. I thought I had a direction, but we're, st- we're here. We're not going past here right now. But let's be frank. I can't receive from him if I'm holding on, right? We got that. And every day, I've got to start my day by giving him everything. Number one, obviously, yes, it's about giving so that I'm letting go and giving him things. Because ultimately, if I don't have, God's never going to leave me empty-handed, right? He said, give me your ashes and I'll give you beauty. Give me your mourning and I'll give you joy, right? God will give give God what you what will you have and he'll give you something great in return. You got five loaves and two smelly fish, give it to him, he'll give you a feast, right? So, he says, "Give me what you have." Sometimes I only have ashes. Sometimes I don't have anything to give him other than broken pieces or hurt or pain. I, I don't have anything great to give you today, God. I've got mess. I've got problems. I've got difficulty. I got fear. I got worry. I got doubt. I, I, I've got, I've got stress. I've got hurt. I've got pain. I've got, here's, God's all I've got. And God goes, nah, I, I can't receive that. That's not good enough for me. Go get me something else. No, he says, give me what you got. If you give me what you got, no matter what it looks like, I'm going to give you back something in return greater than what you've given me because you can never outgive God. That's not talking just about money. That's talking about I can never outgive God. I can't give God anything without him giving me back something. And usually, just like the Bible says, he gives it back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Praise God. So, I need to start off every day asking God, giving God, saying, God, I give you these things. Because number one, it releases things out of my hand and gives me opportunity to give, to, to receive that new mercy every day. 
But the other thing that this does when I when I give things over to him is the fact that I am acknowledging by saying, God, here is this weight I'm carrying. I'm acknowledging that he is ultimately the Lord of my life. Because let's be frank, how can he be Lord of my life and I carry things in my heart? Woo, come on, somebody. Mm, time out for a second. That I, Some of you just need to take a big, deep breath because that just hits you like a punch in the chest. You cannot live in control. You cannot live holding on to things and then say God is the Lord of your life or the king of your life. And if he's not the Lord of your life, you can't live in his kingdom because you can't have a kingdom without a king. And if you don't have kingdom, you have no authority. You have no power because the kingdom and the power we have comes from being in the kingdom of God. So you have no authority and no power. You can't live in kingdom in kingdom. Uh, uh, um, uh, authority. You can't live in kingdom dominion. So you're, you're subject to all the things of this world. You're subject to every demonic power. You're literally like a leaf blown in the wind. And all because the fact you're like, okay, what's wrong with me? What do I need to do? I need to go to church more. I need to read my Bible more. I need to pray more. No, 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 no. You've got to let go of some things. I'm, I'm telling you, I hear what I'm saying in the Holy Ghost. I did not come on intending to say any of this today, but God has stopped all of this today because he's trying to talk to somebody and he needs to hear what the Holy Ghost is saying to you. The answer is you've got to let go of some things. The problem is you can read and you can ask God and you can live a repentant life. Oh God, forgive me for everything under the sun. I mean, forgive me for everything. I mean, you're, you, you live so forgiven. You're actually asking God to forgive you for people. You know, forgive my neighbor for this. And I mean, you're, 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 you're forgiven. You're praying for everybody. You get through your list and you start on every honestly. You're, you're living forgiven. You're living holy. And I don't mean that to be joking, but you know, you're living, you're living holy, right? You've got all your I's dotted and your T's crossed and you are buttoned up and you are ship chop. Uh, 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 what is that? Tip top shape. I don't know why I say chip shop. Tip top shape, right? You are squared away as they say. But you're holding on to things. It's not a big deal. And you know, here's the problem. All right, Jesus, keep talking. Why do we hold on to certain things? Well, number one, because of control, right? But number two, we, we hold on to these things because we don't trust God that the outcome he's going to give is something we're going to like. We don't trust him with it. We think, you know, God, I'll give you this, but I know if I give it to you, you're going to give me something. You know, you're going to give me back something I just don't really like. So God, hey, look, do me a favor. Hey, I kind of know what I want, so I'm going to hold on to it. I could use your help, but I really need to be the one making the call. And we would never ever dare say that to God. Oh, no, we would never say that. Oh, no, 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 no. But our actions say it. Our actions say it. Jesus prayed that prayer. We know the prayer, right? A lot of you have quoted it. You know it. He prayed that prayer. Not my will, but thine be done. That's not a not my will, but thine be done. Wink, wink, wink. Okay, God, I'll give you what you want. But really, that's because I'm hoping if you if I give you what you want, you'll give me back something that I really want. It doesn't work that way. 
Do you know why a lot of us, man, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to quit giving the disclaimer. We're just going to flow with this. And when it's done, so just if, you, if, if you're bored, look at the tree. You know the problem we got? And this is the problem we all really, really struggle with. Is not only do we want to give up control because we're afraid of the outcome, but ultimately, for us, this comes back to trust, hurt, doubt. It's wrapped up in a very noble cause, right? Because, you know, these are near and dear to my heart and we justify the need for it and the, the desire to kind of, well, I hold on to this and, and it's okay because it's not really a big of a deal. But the Bible says, lay down every weight, not just the big weights or not just the weights that are deemed to be the ones, but every single one, meaning anything that you, that you can control, you got to lay down. But the problem is, we try these things, but we don't see the fruit of it. And we go, see, it doesn't work. Why don't we see the fruit of it? Here, listen, you need to stop. Listen, woo Everybody over here, focus. Listen to what I'm saying today, not me, because the Holy Ghost is talking. I got no notes, nothing. I thought I was going another direction. The Lord's brought us here. Why don't we do these things? Right? We, we get it. Okay, you get it. Let go of control because ultimately I'm worried about the outcome. I get past that, right? And I go, okay, well, all right, here, God, whatever. No, no, no. The problem is we don't ever get neutral enough to be able to live in a neutral place so that we truly can say, Lord, no matter what, I'm trusting you with the outcome. The problem is we don't get to a place of neutrality. And here's another word for neutrality. It's called dying out to self. Right? Paul said, I die daily. What was he dying, dying daily to? Paul is dying daily to his own agenda, his own desires, his own thoughts. He was laying everything down and coming to a place of neutrality. Because here's the problem. Faith is action, right? The Bible says faith without works is dead. Our, I like to say action speaks louder than words. The Bible says in Corinthians, I believe, therefore I have spoken. We know faith is this moving forward. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's an action. But trust is passive, right? Trust is letting go. We could, you know, some people call it a trust fall, right? Laying back. But it's more than just a trust fall. Because a trust fall connotates that you already know the outcome. Well, if I fall back, I got friends behind me. They're going to catch me. But a true trust fall in Jesus is you lay back not knowing if he's going to catch you, not knowing, oh, yeah, of course it's going to work out. No, I lay back and trust him no matter the outcome because I trust him and I know his nature is good. So if I fall and no one catches me and I smack my head on the concrete and knock myself out, I trust the fact that he has a plan in that. Everybody can trust God if they knew the outcome was going to be what they wanted. But that's not trust. Ooh, some of you need to be writing some of this down. God's trying to give you revelation today. That's not trust. Trust is not when you 
wink, 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 God, I'll trust you because I know the outcome is going to be good. You know, Lord, I'll trust you with my finances because I know you're going to bring me money. Windows of heaven, blessings falling out, God, you're going to bless me. So I can trust you because you're my, wait a minute, trust is, God, I'm going to trust you with my finances, whether my bills are paid or they're not paid. I'm going to trust you with this sickness, not because trusting you, I know, God, I'll trust you with the sickness because if I trust you, I know you're the healer. No, no, no. I trust you with this sickness because I know you're the good father. So whether I have, if I'm sick or I die from this sickness, it's not going to change the fact that I trust you because I trust you because I know your plan for me and all things work together for good. The good is not the good outcome, but the good is for good according to your will, according to your purpose. It was good for Jesus to go to the cross. Jesus trusted the process of the Father and the process of the Father was not for him to get on that cross and then be taken down on that cross with a legion of angels and held up for everybody and go, see, you try to kill me, but I am ultimately God and I got myself off. No, the trust factor was the fact that he could go to that cross and give the outcome whether he got off that cross or died on that cross. The trust factor was I trust you no matter the outcome. That's why some of you, some of this is not working because you're not going all the way in. You're sort of hedging your bets, they call it, right? You're not pushing all chips to the table. I'll put this out there, but I'm going to leave this in reserve because you know what, God? That's the problem. You have a backup plan. Well, God, I'm all in for you and the will of God. I'll, I'll trust you with everything. But Lord, if it doesn't work out, I, I got my little escape hatch over here. And the moment you don't do what I want you to do or you don't start going, I'm going to pull the ripcord and I'm going to go ejecting out of this plane because this plane's going down to the ground. No, if you really want to walk with Jesus, you strap yourself into this, you throw out the parachute and you say, Lord, I'm hitching my wagon to you. Come hell or high water, sink or swim, I'm with you because I know with you all things are going to work together for good. And that good sometimes may not be the penthouse. It may be the outhouse. The good may not be a, ca a, a, a palace as the disciples thought Jesus should be shooting for. Sometimes it may be a cross in a grave. You know the story in the Bible where, where, where the two sisters, Mary and Martha, had their brother Lazarus and Lazarus dies. And Jesus, who's this really close family friend, wasn't there. And Jesus shows up a few days later, and they're freaking out. And they said, you know, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. And Jesus looked at him and said, wait a minute, time out. I'm the resurrection and the life. You're, you're totally missing it. Mary, Martha, you believe in me that I'm God. Because if, I wouldn't have, if I'd have been here... My brother, your brother wouldn't have died. That proves to me you have faith, but you've got no trust. Mm, come on, somebody. I'm about to get up and run around this Christmas tree. You got to hear what I'm saying. Holy Ghost is trying to tell somebody. Mary and Martha's problem wasn't faith. It was trust because they believed because they said, if you'd have been here, our brother wouldn't have died. We believe you can do anything. But the problem is they didn't trust the fact that even though he was dead, the resurrection and the life had shown up. Because they were looking at what he can do and not looking at who he is. Because you see, faith looks at his hand, but trust looks at his face. Mm. Somebody, come on. That's, you need to tweet that to yourself. You need to post that on your Facebook to yourself.
Faith looks at his hand, but trust looks at his face. You can't trust someone you don't know. The problem some of you have with trusting God is you don't know him enough to trust him. You don't know his nature enough to trust him. To to, he, to you, he's still judge and jury. He's still God, good God, bad God, good God, bad God. You don't trust his nature, so you don't know his nature, so you can't trust someone you don't know. Why do we say we trust somebody close to us? Not because we trust, you don't go down the neighbor, you know, the, the road and just say to some random person, I trust you, because you don't know them. The people in your life that you trust the most are the people that you know their character. You know you know them the best you can. You know how they are. You've seen them on their good days and your, their bad days and therefore you trust them. How can you say you trust God when you don't know him and therefore you don't trust him? You can't ultimately turn over things that you're carrying because you can't give it to somebody. You see, faith is, God, I've got this. Now, Lord, I'm asking you to do something about it. I can believe without letting go. Mm. Woo! I can believe without letting go, but I can't trust without letting go. You see, believe says, God, I've got a candle here, and I need you to set my candle on fire. I believe in God that you're the fire from heaven. So I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you come down and you light my candle on fire. I believe you, Jesus. That's easy. That's faith, right? But trust is I've got to let him take the candle, whether or not he lights it on fire or not. I'm just giving him the candle. If he drops it, it breaks. If he puts it on the shelf and never uses it again, I'm letting go of that. So a lot of us, we love faith because faith doesn't require letting go of anything. Faith is easy because in some ways, not easy ever, you know, I'm not saying faith is easy, but faith is an easier thing to do because I don't have to let go to believe. But man, to trust Trust requires relieving. Trust requires giving up control. But trust requires relationship. You see, that was the problem with the disciples, right? Jesus shows up to them. They're hanging out there on the, on the shore. They're mending their nets. They're getting ready to go back out and to do some more fishing because that's their job. And he comes up to them and says, hey, fellas, follow me. And the Bible says they put down their nets and they, they followed him. That was an act of faith. They're walking into the unknown. It was belief. It was faith. But then for the next three and a half years, roughly, three, three and a half years, Jesus spent time with them building relationship. Because you see, it was faith that got them to follow, but it was trust that kept them through the cross. Faith said, I'll follow you wherever you go. But trust was what was required to look up on that cross and to see the guy that promised you all of this stuff, that said all this stuff was happening, and you're watching him in agony call out and say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It took trust to be able to look up at that broken, bloody, beaten body of Jesus Christ on that cross and still believe thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Tear this temple down, but at three days later, 
It's going to be, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not, you are now trusting. And if they hadn't spent that three and a half years of walking with him, I don't know if they would have been able to sustain that. You see, that's why for a lot of us, when we first come to God, we live in the realm of faith. And it's awesome. Faith is dynamic. Faith is exciting. Faith is energetic, man. Woo! When we first come to God, it feels like our life is just absolutely on fire. It's like, man, I found this newfound thing called Jesus. And life is, I mean, I'm believing for everything. I'm believing that, I mean, like, it's going to snow in July. And it's going to be sunny and hot in January. I mean, my faith is on fire. And all of a sudden, life starts to come. Things start to happen, and it changes. And a couple of years into my walk with God, it's not quite the same way. Why? Because now I'm starting to add a new element, and that's the element of trust. And trust and faith are not on the same path here. Faith says, God, if I ask you to forgive me, you'll forgive me because I have faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. But you can't lay down your weight in sin without, you can't lay down your weight without trust. This is why today what we're talking about, and I thought we were going to be praying, but the Lord, there's no point in praying if you're not willing to acknowledge the need for revelation on this. Because praying is just going to get you nowhere. You're going to pray and say the words, but it's we're going to pray here in the end when we're done. But praying alone doesn't get it. You've got to understand what's happening when you pray and why when you pray what you're saying and how it connects with what God is trying to do in your life. So you can live forgiven because you believe God, I've, I ask, you forgive. Boom. But he said, lay down every weight and sin. I can't give him my weight without trust. I can give him my sin with faith. Because we know faith is necessary. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. He that comes to him must believe he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Meaning, I'm coming to him. I'm believing but if I ask this thing, because it's in his word, he's going to do it. I know the outcome because his word says, if you ask for forgiveness, I'm going to forgive. So because his word's already given me the outcome, boom, I can connect my faith to that. I can grab a hold of that. I can claim that promise and believe and say, God, I know your word says, if I ask for forgiveness, you're going to forgive me. So Lord, today in faith, I say, God, forgive me. And I can latch my faith. But the problem is, there's no scripture in the Bible that's going to tell you what the outcome of what you're going through is. It's not in 1 Peter 7, 14 says, Thus saith the Lord, when you go to the doctors and get this test, or you go to so-and-so, or you, or, or when you go to your job on Tuesday, your boss is going to say, you know, if that said that in 2 Peter chapter 7, which, by the way, I don't think there is a 2 Peter chapter 7, so we're now adding to the Bible, so that's wrong anyways. But it doesn't say that because ultimately we don't know. And when you don't know, what do you have to do? You got to get neutral and you have to activate your trust. It has to be trust. But you can't have trust if you're not neutral. And you can't get neutral if you don't know him. Because you can't be neutral about the outcome if you don't trust in the nature of the one who is controlling the outcome. That no matter what happens in the outcome, whether it's a good or bad based off my definition of good or bad, my trust is, is that he is the one in charge. So I say, God, I believe that you are a provider, but I trust you with my finances, meaning I know, God, that you're a provider. I know you own a cattle on a thousand hills, but I trust you with my finances, meaning if you pay it or don't pay it, it doesn't change the fact that I trust you.
God, I know you're a healer. But if you heal me or don't heal me, I trust you. Yeah, I believe God can heal me. But I got tons of examples where he doesn't. Then what? What do you do then? I know good, awesome men and women, saints of God, filled with faith to their dying breath that died. Some recently. A lot of you know the names. Some of them you are related to. Some of them you are your spouses, your children, whatever the connection is. Your dear friends. They believe God up to the end. But they died. Does that mean their faith failed? No. They had to trust his nature. They had to trust. But you see, I'm getting a little sticky here, but work with me for a minute. I've watched some people believe in peace and others believe in torment. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Meaning, I've watched some people walk a walk of faith that is so beautiful. They had peace. They had joy. Even in some of the most impossible situations, they had such peace. Some of you know this name, some of you know, but there was a beautiful lady Years ago, passed away here, a part of Antioch. Her name was Teresa Neiser. Just a beautiful, beautiful soul. And she was just filled with sickness in her body. And you'd walk into her room and she was sick. She was in pain. But she was filled with joy and peace. Filled with faith. I've walked into others who were filled with faith, but there was fear, there was torment. There, was, there, was, it, it, there wasn't the same joy. And asked the Lord, what's the difference? Why did both believe, but one believed with such fruit and the others believed, but they didn't see the same fruit? What was the difference? And I believe the Lord began to show me. It was because both believed, but one believed with the element of trust. The other just believed with no trust. You see, Teresa, she believed God could heal her. She believed God could raise her out of that bed, but she trusted in his nature and Heavenly Father. And whether or not she died in that bed or not, she trusted him. And because of that, she had such joy and peace. Others believed, but they believed. And their only belief was, God, you're going to get me out of here. Because if I stay here and die, it can't be your will. And because of that, they can never come to a place of neutrality where they can live in trust. And they had no joy and no peace because they couldn't walk in trust. You See, he's the prince of peace, right? All this works together. Let's put the pieces together real quick, right? The Bible says in Isaiah, the names of who Jesus, who, who's Jesus? A, a, a child will be born unto us, the son is given. His name shall be wonderful. Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, right? And I and, and some of you have heard me talk about this before, but one day I'm reading that. I go, whoa, whoa, time out. Prince of peace. That makes no sense. How can God, who's the king of kings and the Lord of lords, the alpha and the omega, be the prince of peace? Because prince means second. If you're the prince, you're not in charge. We have Prince Charles and Prince uh, Harry and Prince William over in England, but they're not the Queen Mother. 
They're not Queen Elizabeth. And eventually when she passes and Charles becomes King Charles, William is still going to be Prince William. And as a matter of his title, he's not the king. And I'm saying, wait a minute, Jesus, I know you're the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. Why are you the Prince of Peace? But here's the problem. Prince William, for all you royals fans out there, is the one that's in succession and in line and, and in line to be in, to, to take the throne when Charles passes away. So when the queen passes away, it's to Charles. When Charles passes away, it goes to William, right? It's a he has the line to the throne, but he's not on the throne. The only way he goes from a prince to a king is he has to be go through a coronation. He has to be put on the throne. He's got to be put there. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, meaning he has the right to the throne of our life. He has the pathway to the throne of our life, but he cannot become the King of Peace in our life until we relinquish Prince King Charles, which is us, and put Prince William on the throne, which is Jesus. You can be King Charles and have Prince Jesus next to you, but that's all he is, is the Prince of Peace. And so therefore you can see the fact he is the God of peace, but he cannot be the God of peace while you're sitting on your throne. But if you would get up off your throne and say, God, I give up ownership of my throne and I crown you the king of peace, it brings peace into my life. But here's the problem. We want the king of peace, but we want to stay in control of our life. You can't have a king and be in control. So all this works together. You know why you don't have peace every day? You know why you live in peace? Because you want the king of peace, but you want him to stay the prince and everything else. I like the fact you're the king of peace because I need peace. But everything else, I need you to be my second hand, my advisor. Tell me what I'm supposed to do and I'll do it. No, no, it doesn't work that way, honey. This is why this trust thing is not some little thing you flippantly do trust is everything because you can't have trust without letting him be the king of your life but if he becomes the king of life you don't get a prince of peace you get the king of peace Woo. man oh man you don't get a foster dad you get the real dad you get an abba father you're adopted you're not just in foster care anymore and i'm not making i'm not making light of that i know so Tons of kids out there don't have that choice. I'm not using that. I know that's a sensitive subject. But you don't have a foster dad. You don't have somebody that's just your guardian. You get Abba, Father. You're adopted. You're called a child of God because he's become Father. But you know what? You want the fact to run your life. But you want the benefits of... It doesn't work that way, my friend. Doesn't work that way. I got to get neutral. I can't get neutral if I don't have him as the king. And if I don't have him as the king and I go get neutral, I can never truly turn over so I can say the words, Lord, I give you this. But really, he's not really wanting this as much as he wants this. This is a symptom. This is the source. Yes, we want to give him this, but in reality, he wants the thing you're sitting on. This. Because that's more important to him. Because you can give him this, wink, 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 but not give up the throne. 
Come on time, time King Charles to give up the throne. Okay, Queen Elizabeth, it's time to get up off the throne and let the prince take over. So today we started off just saying, look, we need to ask God to forgive us. We need to lay down some weight. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we go through the motions that, oh, God, forgive me for all my sins. Forgive me for things I've done and things I haven't done. I give it all to you. Turn it over to you. Thank you for taking it. And Lord, all this weight I'm carrying, I give to you. I turn it over to you and I trust you with it. Okay, next. And we go, that's dumb. Where's the fruit of that? The reason why is because that prayer is a byproduct of a posture. That prayer is the byproduct of something deeper than just simply words I'm saying to a screen. I'm not just saying those things in happenstance. I'm trusting him with it because I know him. I know his nature. I've become neutral to the outcome. I trust you with this sickness, whether you heal me or I, or I lay here and I die. I trust you with this financial situation, whether or not you fix it, pay it off, or we end up broke and homeless. I trust you with it. I trust you with the outcome. I can't have true trust if I don't get neutral over the outcome. As long as I have a care about the outcome, I can never truly have trust and therefore I can never truly walk in peace because you can't have peace without trust because you can't have trust if he's not the king in your life and if he's not the king in your life, you've got the prince of peace. You don't have the king of peace. So if I don't truly trust him, I can never truly have peace and the only way to truly trust him is I got to get neutral and I got to stay neutral and I've got to live neutral and he mean, well, I'm supposed to walk around and don't care? No, 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 no. You do care. You just care about the one that can do something about it. You don't care about it because ultimately you can't fix it. The Bible says, who through their own thought can add one single foot to their height? You may be 5'1 today. I don't care how much you pray fast. You're not going to grow to 5'2 by the end of the day. You can sit all around all day to tell God, oh, you know, oh, I want to I want to grow. I want to grow. I want to grow. I say Michael Jordan, when he was a kid, he wanted to so tall. He wanted to be so tall that he had this device he'd put around his head. He'd try to stretch out his, he'd try to stretch himself out to make himself taller. It didn't make him taller. He grew because it was his, his genetics. Not because of something he did. Ultimately, some of you worry about things you can't fix even if you you worry about them. You, you can't add a you can't add inches onto your weight onto your height. You can't do that. So you're worried about something you can't change anyways. So why even go down that road? That just proves how much we want to be in control. That just proves how much we don't trust him. I don't care what we say. Oh, I trust God. Okay, great. That's a great bumper sticker. That's a great picture in your car. You know, you go to your house and on your wall it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's great. 
But finish that scripture. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, meaning this thing ain't going to get it. And then what's the last one? In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Now, I I know what that means. Okay, in all your ways, acknowledge him. That means in the spiritual stuff or the God stuff or the Sunday stuff. No, 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 honey. That means in every single decision you make, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Meaning in every single thing, you acknowledge him. In the natural and the... You see, that's the problem some of you have to realize. I know some of you are very smart, intelligent people. You do jobs that require you to use your brain. God placed you in those jobs. Whether you're running a company or you're running an office or you're, you know, you're a, uh, an administrative job that requires you to be on your feet, quick thinking, all that. You got to be careful. Because it's very easy for you to fall into default mode of fix, figuring it out, using your training. Going into default. Well, I know how to do this. I've been trained to do it. Okay, great. But you've got to, you have, those of you that live like that, you've got to be, some of you are in a government jobs where you're, you're, you're paid to analyze. You're pay, paid to use this bad boy. So for those of you that are in those jobs, that, that your intellect is what got you that job and what keeps you in that job, you've got to, Pray extra hard for God to keep you dead. And you know what I found in those situations? I'm going to help somebody out here. In those situations, God's going to use other things in your life you can't control to balance it out. So you and your job, you might be the smartest man or woman on the job. You might be the most brilliant. You might use all your talents and giftings and you never have to pray. You can go to you. You can, you can climb the ladder. You can own the company. But God and his love and kindness is going to balance out in other areas of your life that you can't control. Your brain can't figure it out, whether it's through sickness or financial situations or family problems or whatever it might be. It's going to be something in your life God's going to use to balance you out because he's going to keep reminding you. He's going to keep reminding you, you can trust this thing or you can trust me. And I get it. Some of the reason why some of you are successful because you are very intelligent in the area of your your career. I'm not saying you got to get there and go, okay, God, I'm just, you know, turn my brain off. No, if God put you in that position and he he gave you gifts and talents and skills to do that job, great, do it. But in his loving and kindness, he's going to balance it out in something else in your life. So be prepared. It's going to be your relationship with your wife or your husband. It's going to be in your kids. It's going to be in your finances. It's going to be in your health. Somewhere along the line, God's going to literally balance it out somewhere. He's going to put something in your life you can't control. He's going to put something in your life that this thing ain't going to be able to work its way out of. To force you. You can't get away. You can't get around the cross. But see, the cross is not a place that... The cross. Really, the cross becomes something you run to because you want to stay dead because staying dead allows you to walk in trust. And trust gives you access to peace. And peace gives you access to joy. Father, only you know. (laughs) I feel like I say this every week, but God, today for sure, only you know that all of this that has been said here today has come from you. You're trying so desperately to help someone. 
You're speaking to them, trying to help them. And Lord, today, we're asking you to forgive us. Forgive me of my sins, things I've said and things I haven't said, things I've done, haven't done, thoughts I've had, thoughts I haven't had. Forgive me for the sins that I've known and things I've unknown. Wash me and cleanse me, wash me and purify me. But Lord, more importantly, I, weighed, I lay down every weight. Come on, some of you actually need to say what that weight is. Lord, I give you and you fill in the bank, whether it's your health, your finances, your family, your job, your future, your past, your present, your home, whatever it is, your car, whatever it is, whatever you're carrying, no matter big or small. And maybe you need to say, God, Lord, I haven't made you the king of my life. Or Lord, you were the king at one point, but I've taken back over the throne. So today, Lord, I want to put you back on the throne of my life. I want to put you back as the king of my kingdom. I want to submit my will, my heart, my mind to you. Lord, I don't know how to become neutral. But Lord, whatever you've got to do, whatever you've got to kill in me, that I can die out to myself enough to become neutral to what you're asking and telling me today. So I can give up control to you. So I can live in trust to have access to you, be the king of peace in my life, that I can have joy. Because you said the joy of the Lord is my strength. And Lord, I'm feeling kind of weak today. I'm feeling weary and tired. And I need the joy, the everlasting joy in my life. But I can't have that because I don't have any peace. But Lord, today, I want to trust in you with all of my heart. I don't want to lean anymore on my intellect, my thoughts, my ways, my agendas, my will, what I think. But I want to give all that to you. And in every way, God, I want to acknowledge you. Because you're, you said we're to love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So today, Lord, I give all that to you. I turn it all over to you. Everything that I'm carrying, Lord. And Lord, if I pick it back up in the next five minutes, Lord, by your grace, help me to lay it down again. If I have to do that all day, if I have to do it every day this week, all day long, Lord, I just want to let you know, I don't want to carry these things. I don't want to live with this weight. I don't want to live with all of this. Lord, but today, I want to give you my ashes whether or not you give me beauty or not god i just want to give you these ashes i want to give you this brokenness i want to give you this heaviness i want to give you these things because lord that's all i have to give i don't i don't have anything good to give you god i give you a bunch of broken pieces i give you a bunch of of just i just give you me god and 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 half the time i'm not all that good so i give you me and i'm i'm i'm, I'm full of flesh and mistakes and failure and brokenness but God, I give you what I have, and that's me. A lot of days, God, I feel like five stale pieces of bread and two smell, smelly fish. But God, I give you what I have. What you choose to do with it, I don't care. I just want to give you me. I want to get off the throne of my life, that you can become the king of my kingdom. You can become the king of peace. I crown you today the king of peace in my life. I take off the crown off my head and I put the crown on your head and I say, God, forgive me for ever thinking that I could ever be the king of my kingdom. God, because you are the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I trust you with all this. I give all this to you. I turn all this over to you, the author and the finisher of the, my faith. I trust you with it. In Jesus' name.
in Jesus' name. Some of you may need to do this again in a few minutes. You may need to do this all day long. You may need to do this all day tomorrow for the rest of the week. But make him the king of peace. Walk in trust that he can show you his way. Get neutral. Ask him to give you the grace to die out to your Garden of Gethsemane moment so you can become neutral, that you can go to the cross, but you can endure the cross for the joy set before you. In Jesus' name, God bless you. But don't just take this word, dismiss it. Put it in your spirit. Let it marinate. Let it digest. Let the seed be buried in you that it can grow and bear fruit in your life. But the fruit's only gonna come from those who take this seed and let God put you in an atmosphere that causes it to grow. You're not gonna get a tree tomorrow because you got a seed today. But if you let this seed be in your heart and you let the Lord work through it and you water it every day with prayer and you water it and you put an atmosphere around it, you're gonna have great fruit that come in your life. In Jesus' name, until next time, God bless you.